The Lord be with you and also with you. Proclaim the greatness of the Lord our God and worship God upon the holy mountain. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of God's glory. Beloved, let us open ourselves to this hour of divine worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered today in the praise of God for our gathered community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support your written, emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us here in worship. On this Lord's Day, on this Transfiguration Sunday, on this Bach Cantata Sunday, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of God's glory. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 12, through chapter 4, verse 2. Since then, we have such a hope, we act with great boldness, not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading from Psalm 99 responsively with the antiphon. tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the prophets. Let him praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the Lord. Mighty King, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have ex executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is the Lord. 
Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of a cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes that he gave them. O Lord, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord, our God, and worship at his holy mountain. Surely the Lord God is holy. for the Gloria Pottery and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Glory to you, O Lord. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which was he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Behold an hour of freedom. Behold a morning of glory. Behold a day of praise and of grace for you and all children 
of the living God. Our apprehension of Vox Cantatas this year highlights resurrection. The day of transfiguration is perfect for such an acclamation. It may be that St. Mark first and then St. Luke following St. Mark some two decades later entwined this marvelous and mysterious moment into the very life of Jesus when it, had, when it had originally been an experience of his resurrection following Easter. It may have been replaced or placed ahead to argue that what the primitive Christians found in their own experience and acclaimed in their own preaching and felt in their own hearts had, here it is suggested, been known even in his own lifetime, if only to a few, if only in the rarest settings, if only up a high, holy mountain. Many interpreters hold that the narrative was originally an account of an appearance of the risen Christ to Peter, James, and John that has been moved forward and made into an incident in the life of Jesus. That is, belief in Jesus' messiahship, it may be, grew out of belief in his resurrection. Whether pre or post-Easter, then, the transfiguration is either a premonition of resurrection or a recollection of resurrection, and both finally fit the happiness of our music today. Resurrection is the preaching of the gospel of love spoken and heard. The gospel is the word and possibility of love in an unlovely, unloving, and love-deprived world. Resurrection is the experience of love divine, all loves excelling. When we come close to that luminous, numinous presence, the holy, we want to mark the places and preserve the moments where we have encountered God on the mountain, on the mountain, up a high, holy mountain. Beloved, you are following St. Luke well this year. Notice how roundly he changes Mark here, too. Notice Luke's additions to this passage. He inherits it from Mark 20 years later and changes it. His additions, the admonition to pray, the use of the term exodus here, departure, the allusion to coming death and ascension, Peter, heavy with sleep, Jesus called not rabbi, but master, not my beloved, but my chosen, the reminder and explanation that the disciples kept silence, as in Mark's earlier messianic secret, an admission in a way that the story only emerged after resurrection. The other alternative is Matthew, who copies Mark nearly word for word. No, Luke has gone his own way and given us the Lucan view of transfiguration. Later than that of Mark, different from that of Mark, fuller than that of Mark. And what do Luke's additions amount to? 
What others have seen and heard is meant to inspire us to see and hear in prayer. Luke regularly and steadily supplements the narrative with additional moments of prayer all through his gospel. The most activist of the gospels, this, is also the most prayerful. Likewise, the whole ethos of Exodus is emphasized in Luke. Yes, life is a journey. Yes, the journey of faith includes risk, distress, and pain. Yes, the sojourn in the wilderness is the cost of leaving the flesh pots of any Egypt, just as winter is the cost for summer. Then Peter awakes. He wakes up to the resurrected, who for Luke is not merely teacher, rabbi, but master, Lord. A metamorphosis from Mark to Luke that is similar in shape to the internal metamorphosis in St. John alone. Here Jesus is the chosen, emphasizing purpose, mission, intention, and election, emphasizing the church. It is a rare titular depiction of Jesus, chosen. Chosen for many, chosen for reason, chosen as a celebration of divine will, In favor of viewing this story as originally a remembered experience after the resurrection, which has been transplanted into the life of Jesus to show that the experience of the church really did have historical antecedents, is the explanation that no one really knew about this because the disciples kept the secret. That is, Luke is setting things right for the long haul. Prayer to nourish for the long haul. Journey as a metaphor for struggle over the long haul. Lordship a higher and hierarchical savior to strengthen weakened knees and souls for the long haul. The presence of the divine will soon for Luke to emerge in the body of the church to guide all for the long haul. Luke advises us to be in it for the long haul. Luke gives divine confirmation of Jesus' messiahship, places into the history of Jesus what the later church believed, believes, knew, knows, preached, preaches. See, see, even during his life, a few people up a high and holy mountain knew and saw what we know and we see. One wonders, Scott, how best to hear resurrection in today's music. Well, lately, when I hear the stories and read the stories of Jesus, I'm constantly struck by not Jesus' actions, but how the people around him react. And in today's lesson, I note uh, the disciples' confusion about what's happening on the mountaintop. They're so confused that God has to appear and speak to them in a cloud. Bless them. So in these stories, when, I, when Jesus goes to the temple, I end up thinking about Simon and how Simon responds to Jesus in the temple. I remember Peter when I think of Jesus in Gethsemane. I weep with the beloved disciple and marvel with the centurion when I think of Jesus on the cross. My own inner Thomas is revealed when I hear about Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And here, too, 
It's not that Jesus enjoys a nice visit with Moses and Elijah while on a mountain hike, but rather that Peter misses the point, requiring, requiring the Lord to send, uh, set him straight in a cloud. And then my mind wanders to the notion of God speaking through the fog of cloud. On a cloudy day, does that mean God is closer to us? I'm not sure. Should our ideas about clouds be maybe brighter than they are? I'm not sure. Well, now I'm just like Peter on that mountaintop, enthusiastic but missing the point and in my own sermon. (laughs) As Dean Hill has mentioned in his opening, our series this year surveys Bach's musical sermons celebrating the resurrection story. Today's cantata number 31, Heaven Laughs, Earth Rejoices, was written early in Bach's career during his period in Weimar. Here he takes full advantage of Weimar's instrumental possibilities and the substantial literary gifts of resident poet Salomo Frank. The structure of the cantata may be understood in three distinct sections. The resurrection story retold by the chorus and then the bass soloist. The second section, the charge to the believer heralded by the tenor. And finally, the believer's affirmation of that charge. And just as in the biblical stories, we move quickly from Jesus' resurrection to our own foibles and possibilities in relationship with Jesus. The central images to watch and listen for are that of vine and branches, the tree of life with limbs and branches, Christ as head and we as limb, the cross as a ladder to heaven, and of course, the grave of sin. Typical of the theology and imagery of the time, our life on earth is depicted as the grave, a chamber of the sin of Adam's inheritance. We eagerly await the final hour in which we shed the mortal coil of sin and, through resurrection by the Spirit, reach life everlasting, arms outstretched to the risen Savior at the gate of heaven. Musically speaking, brilliance is everywhere on display in our cantata today. Festival scoring for trumpets and drums, joyous opening symphonia paired with a thrilling opening five-part chorus, three diverse arias proving the composer's gifts and skills, and a sublime and delicate final chorale with heavenly descant. Once again, Bach brings us to a mountaintop, his own castle of heaven. Bach's music offers a glimpse of that moment when we, too, will be transformed, joining heaven's angels in the radiant, joyous glow of Christ Jesus. Just so, Dr. Jared, just so this day, the Shekinah, the cloud, the presence on the mountain shadows us this hour. We want to bear that mystery in our present, in our person, do we not? said Ernest Tittle. As Jesus faced the possibility of suffering and death, his mind reverted to the great figures of Israel's past. Let us place ourselves under the influence of Christ, and even we shall be transfigured. Something of his glory will shine in our hearts and appear in our faces and show forth in our lives. The Shekinah cloud, the presence on the mountain shadows us this hour. Sometimes later in life we realize what was going on 
earlier in life. So Robert Hayden, African-American poet, in the line of Hughes and Wright and Baldwin and Ellison and all, writes and remembers and rejoices. Here is a poem written by this man remembering his youth and his father. Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then, with cracked hands that ached from labor in the weekday weather, made banked fire's blades. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the, wor- when the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would dress and rise, fearing the chronic angers of that house, speaking indifferently to him who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? The Shekinah, the cloud, the presence on the mountain shadows us today. The necessary freedom and the disciplined grace of Luke's gospel firmly accosts us with the daily need, the daily task, the daily prospect, the daily adventure, the daily promise, the daily existential, lonely, windswept mountaintop liberty of faith in the resurrection. Back at home, it may be, for those present this morning, or there now at home, it may be, for those listening today. Behold, there is transfiguration awaiting, a resurrection beckoning, a faith and gospel lying and hiding, ready for action. Write that letter, sign that check, make that call, read that verse, forget that hurt, Watch, fight, pray, live rejoicing every day. Or as the poet Powell wrote, he comes to us as one unknown, a breath unseen, unheard, as though within a heart of stone or shriveled seed in darkness sown, a pulse of being stirred.
des Todes und der Höllenschlüssel, der sein Gewand blutrot bespritzt in seinem bitteren Leiden, will heute sich mit Schmuck und Ehren kleiden, mit Schmuck und Ehren kleiden.
stehe dann, du gottergebene Seele, mit Christo geistlich auf, tritt an den neuen Lebenslauf, auf von dem toten Werken. Lass, dass dein Heiland in dir lebt, an deinen Leben merken. Weinstock, der jetzt blüht, trägt keine toten Reben. Der Lebensbaum lässt seine Zweige leben. Ein Christe flieht ganz heilend von dem Grabe. Er lässt den Stein, er lässt das Tuch der Sünden dahinter und will mit Christo mit Christo lieben sein. Thank you. 
on this Transfiguration Sunday, we pause in gratitude to express our thanks for the ministry of music by our choristers and instrumentalists at Marsh Chapel under, under the direction of Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. announcements as we enter into this week. Uh, just to remind you that there is no covered dish luncheon after service today. Instead, it will be next week. We will also be having communion Sunday next week. Um, the holy season of Lent begins this week, and we have a few things happening at the chapel. They are outlined in the bulletin, but just to, to highlight them for you here. On Tuesday night, there'll be a Shrove Tuesday pancake feast in the lower level of the chapel from 6 to 8 p.m., so please come. And as they say, at the uh, all-you-can-eat smorgasbords in Pennsylvania Dutch country, eat till you ouch. On Wednesday, we will be having three services offered for the imposition of ashes, a short prayer service at 8.30 a.m., and then two ecumenical services at 5.15 p.m. and 6 p.m. More information about those services can be found in the bulletin and online. Uh, the Lent devotion series, the online Lent devotion series, starts again on Wednesday as well, focusing on the theme of virtues for today. You can sign up for the series on the Marsh Chapel website. There's also more information about that in the bulletin. For all the other news and events at the chapel, please visit our website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Sure, Scott. <laughs> so in the bulletin, under community announcements at the bottom, there's a nice note, but for our radio listeners as well, uh, we're piloting some new education program, programs from the music department starting in Lent, and one of those begins next Sunday, and I call your attention to it in the bulletin. Patrick Waters, stand, please. Patrick Waters is the host for a new series called Take Note. Isn't that clever? Take Note. <laughs> and it's offered each Sunday morning for 10 minutes on the lower level in the Robinson Chapel from 1035 to 1045, conveniently timed for those of you who finish the morning study hour with Reverend Jen Quigley to move just next door after you get your coffee um, uh, for just 10 minutes of informal conversation about the music that you'll hear each Sunday morning, the hymns, anthems, service music, and so forth. We hope it'll be enjoyable and informative and will amplify your, uh, your worship experience each morning. Take note, hosted by our very own Patrick Waters. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Now, as the ushers wait upon us, let us remember that it is a gift and a pleasure to give while we meditate on Pal's prelude on He Comes to Us as One Unknown.
Gracious God, you who came not in an earthquake or in a fire, but in a gentle whisper, thank you for the gifts of music, for the sounds of instruments and voices lifted up together. Let us use the gifts and offerings presented before you today to foster harmony among your peoples and in your creation. We pray this in the name of your, of your Son, Jesus Christ, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and always.